I think especially as women, it, um, are we allowing ourselves to receive love? Are we allowing ourselves to receive pleasure? And and even if we're, we, we, you know, we do this sort of little internal reflection, we're like, oh, I'm not doing that. Meeting that with love even, like I understand why you might not be doing that. Like that makes sense why you not be doing that given everything. You are tuned in to Strengthen the Soul podcast, a safe place for learning and growing. I am here to help you navigate through life's greatest challenges. I am Katie, your host, a licensed therapist, Holy Fire Reiki master, life coach for healing and life transformations, a healer who's healed herself, and I am here to help you strengthen your soul. We are all beautiful souls in this life. We are healing, we are evolving, and we are loving. My mission is to bring awareness to all things wellness, mind, body, and soul, provide motivation and information, and discuss all things mental health and spirituality. Thank you for listening. Hi, Erica. Welcome to Strength in the Soul podcast. How are you today? I am doing well. I'm so happy to be here with you. Uh, me too. You are just such a bright light in my mm-hmm. life. Um, you know, just having met you only a couple months ago, I just feel like uh, every time that we've connected, we've shared such amazing conversation and it just creates so much flow and creativity within me mm-hmm. that it's like I really can connect to your energy and feel that so wonderfully and I'm going to give you the opportunity to talk about exactly what you do as a career and your own business but you embody that so wonderfully that I mm-hmm. can pick it Thank up you. from you and I feel it so strongly when we are connecting so you know that's kind of where I'm coming from when I feel like you are just such a bright light um because I can feel so much wonderful pleasure just from like who you are in in your energy. So with that said, I would love for you to introduce yourself and kind of give us more of a background on what you do and how that all integrates into your life. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's such a mutual feeling. So I appreciate the sweet words. Um, So I am a holistic pelvic care practitioner. Um, My name is Erica Rodas, just in case I didn't say that. Um, And what that work is in sort of the simplest way is really helping women remember the rhythms of their own bodies um, in order to embrace this idea of the wild feminine, which um, is a framework developed by this woman, Tammy Lynn Kent out in Portland, Oregon. And um, I work both uh, one-on-one in person with women as well as virtually. um, And we can talk a little bit about some of the merits of each of those, as well as workshops in the Hudson Valley area. Um, to really look at both the physical structure of our pelvis and um, trying to achieve more balance and flow through uh, our fascia, our connective tissue, um, as well as looking at some of the emotions that may be held there, the blocks that we may have from connecting with this space um, in order so that we can connect with our true creative center, which as women, we are inherently creative beings. And often we think of that when it comes to, you know, human life and babies, but that can be really anything that we're gestating or bringing into the world. And so um, as we create more uh, awareness around that space, we naturally create more flow. And with that flow, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. So 
um, helping women get in touch with their bodies, I guess, is the, the simplest way to say it. I love that, you know, and I think that it's so special that you really concentrate on that one area of healing and life transformation, because I think that a lot of people often disconnect from their body. You know, uh, we tend to be very, um, you know, mind centered and something that we've talked about before when we have connected you and I is just coming from a place of very uh, much of structure and education and that mindset where we think that we need to know all the answers from reading something, learning something, doing something. And inherently, like we have that information within us and we have the power Mm. to kind of go through life and feel that, you know, within our own physical body. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, when you, exactly what you say that we aren't used to being in our bodies in part, because we haven't been given those tools, like exactly like you're saying so much in education is coming from a place of intellect and a place of analysis. And that is such a powerful tool but in only relying on that, we sort of miss um, a depth and a um, connection to our own blueprint or our own voice or our own rhythm that is specific and inherent to who we are. Um, And a lot of times our body doesn't feel safe to be in, right? So it's kind of safe to stay above the collarbones in our brain, especially because we've, again, been sort of cultured to uh, operate from that space, but whether you've had specific trauma in the pelvis, whether, um, I think as women, you know, I certainly learned about my anatomy on like a worksheet, nothing that I ever owned as my own. Um, I think there's so much shame and, um, sort of distortion when it comes to our sexuality, um, body image, all that stuff. So there's, I always say, you know, to clients that like, if I look at my wrist, it's like a pretty neutral area of my body and I see it every single day. So I know, you know, where the curves of my wrist are, where there are certain veins. Mm -hmm. So my brain has a very clear picture of that. And so it can communicate so well with that. My pelvis is almost the opposite of that. If I, unless I'm taking the time to look at myself in the mirror, to touch myself, to get to know my anatomy, my brain isn't going to know that area as much. And so then it's not going to communicate as well with that. And so um, how do we do that by developing relationship with that part of our body, not from the mind space, but from the space of the body? Yeah, exactly. And like you said, I think there's so much shame associated with your physical body and and I think like that, that, um, need to be perfect and, mm-hmm. and even just like, um, you know, perfectionism versus pleasure. Like we often avoid pleasure because of the, the, the need to be perfect, let's just say, or, you know, some people feel shame operating from a place of pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah. Or it kind of gets tied into this almost like performative thing where, we, you know, maybe have seen certain things in media or, um, we feel like pleasure is connected to performance in the sense of like, well, I have to orgasm or kind of make it like an outcomes based situation. Mm -hmm. Whereas pleasure, um, one of my mentors, Jasmine Rose always talks about pleasure is really just our presence that when we can really actually be in our body, that our pleasure is readily available to us. It's not something we have to create an effort and force, But that is something that, um, you know, once we can be there, we will feel it. Now, being there is sometimes part of the the journey is how to learn how to be with ourselves. 
Yeah. Um, and just honoring the experience, I think too, like, I, mm-hmm. I think even just kind of what you were talking about is fast forwarding to an end result. It's like mm-hmm. you actually honor the experience of what you are experiencing mind bo- in your mind, body, soul. Totally. And I've been yeah. really working with this principle of even, I'm very careful when I talk about manifestation, you know, mm. I'm not one of those, um, healers that really promote manifesting in a sense of like, we have to manifest and we have to be high vibration all the time. Like, I think there's some beauty in that principle, but I think it also can be invalidating to experiences and struggles and emotions. Um, so I'm very careful when I talk about manifesting, but I also have been working with this principle of experiencing pleasure and honoring that experience. And then also tapping into my worthiness and goals, even when I'm experiencing that sense of pleasure. So when I'm feeling happy or when I am, you know, working in a sense of pleasure, whether that's pleasuring myself or doing something that I love or connecting with someone that I'm experiencing pleasure with, I think about the things that I want to bring into my life. Um, and I'm kind of operating from that place that I'm worthy of, of experiencing mm. pleasure. I'm worthy of this and I can have more of it. I can experience more of this. Absolutely. I love that you're making that connection and using those moments to sort of, um, it's almost like offering, I've heard someone say like saying, thank you. Yes, please. Like more of this kind of thing and oh, I love letting, that. yeah, I think like, um, sometimes we get sort of so used to struggle and so used to challenge that pleasure doesn't feel safe. And you're kind of like waiting for the other shoe to drop. And when I'm, when I'm, when I'm using the word pleasure, I'm not just talking sexually, right. I'm talking about Mm -hmm. enjoying um, the sunlight on my face with a warm cup of tea or Mm -hmm. having a really good peanut butter cookie or um, catching a really good sunset or connecting with another woman um, that's in friendship or Mm -hmm. with someone romantically. Um, So, yeah, I think that sometimes when things are pleasurable, there is this sense of like, if your nervous system is accustomed to uh, a level of sort of that agitation or dissonance stress response, Mm -hmm. the quiet can almost seem scary. And so I love what you're bringing forth of like uh, reminding oneself of a sense of worthiness that I, you know, am worth this and that to kind of ease your own system into like, this is safe to be here. There was a time when we were struggling and now we can turn towards something that feels good. Yeah. You know, I love to, and and I know that you feel the same way is that, you know, as healers, we embody exactly the healing medicine that we provide to other people. Like we ourselves give ourselves that medicine and Mm. we honestly teach from a part of our souls that are receiving that medicine as well, you know? So it's like right now I'm in that place where I am reestablishing my nervous system to feel safe amongst pleasure and happiness and love. And it's quite difficult, um, which leads me into talking about something that I've been really, really honestly channeling from a higher power and also from within myself. And I truly believe like all the healing work that I'm doing within myself is I'm integrating into my community and it's really operating from a place of a healing space versus 
operating from that wound that I have Mm. um, and creating safety within myself. So it takes a lot of hard work. And that really leads me into talking about more in detail of what you do, because you work from the body. And I talk about this all the time of our body holds on to this trauma, this lack of safety. I mean, even just talking about the nervous system alone, that's, you know, I mean, hours upon hours, we could talk about how the nervous system um, holds on to that trauma, but even just like in your organs, your tissues, your blood, your Mm. DNA, like there's your body is holding on to so much of that. And so you're, you are working with a woman's physical body to help facilitate that safety. Yeah. So, um, a lot of the work that I'm doing is in sort of like that root space. So if you think of, um, in our pelvis where our perineum is, where I'm going to refer to that as our root. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we are not feeling safe, oftentimes that may be like pulled up. Um, if you think about sort of like that fight or flight, ready to run, mm-hmm. your shoulders go up towards your ears, your shoulders come forward and sort of like your root is like, mm-hmm. and when you're, um, not really feeling grounded in your root, it is going to be hard to feel grounded in the world, to feel safe in the world, to feel um, actually like in, in your body. So a lot of times that root can be holding a lot of tension that women aren't aware of. Um, and so if, if I'm meeting with people one-on-one, then we are doing an assessment internally and sort of looking at where within um, the pelvic floor or within I like using the word diaphragm because I think mm-hmm. um our pelvic floor expands and, and softens in the same way that our respiratory diaphragm does it's not just the solid floor wow, um, but really yeah um going internal and seeing like wow I am holding on to either a lot of physical tension here maybe due to some of my um you know sitting patterns or um, extra ways that I'm using my body and movement I may be holding tension due to emotional stressors that I'm kind of like stuffing down in that area mm-hmm. um, because it usually can be a place that people are disconnected and not really engaging with. So it's kind of a, almost like the basement, like a place to just put things away and not really yeah. revisit. Um, and what's amazing when I'm working with women is feeling actually how different emotions have different sensations within the, within the womb space, within the pelvic bowl. So seeing how something like shame feels, seeing how something like um, rage or um, grief feels. And some of these emotions, I would argue that, you know, I think an, an emotion like anxiety, women feel a lot of permission to feel anxiety, but sometimes we don't feel permission to feel rage or to feel our grief fully, um, or we don't have the opportunities to really express that. And so like you said, like that doesn't just go away. The body stores that. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing is that there's always opportunity for repair. So this is where even what you said earlier, like, are we always turning towards the wound or are we turning towards um, what we want and sort of that healing aspect and the, the womb and the pelvic bowl, which um, is the phrase that I'll use for that whole pelvic space is is really meant to hold our creativity and our creations. It is not meant to hold our grief and our rage and all of those things. And so when given the opportunity to sort of work together and move that through so that you can reclaim your pelvic bowl for what you want it to be for, Mm -hmm. um, a whole new potential opens up, but we can't, a lot of times we don't even know what we're carrying because we're not 
consciously given opportunities yeah to, mm-hmm. to and this is also isn't like um I want to be mindful too. And I talk about this, that this isn't like another thing on your to-do list. Like, oh man, like now I'm supposed to be meditating and eating healthy <laughs> and exercising and spending time with my pelvic bowl. Like it's um, really an opportunity for you to, to deepen a sense of yourself and, and like things with pleasure, like your body likes what feels good. So doing things because they actually feel good in your body and not just from a place of should, you know, that's kind of like the old way. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like should just promotes more of that shame and that exactly, you know, guilt and further feet all of those wounds that, you know, we're already. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, it's so funny too, because, um, I'm a Reiki master and Mm. I integrate that into my healing sessions as, um, as a therapist and life coach, um, for women and, and I do it like I do it in my sessions, but I also do it just separately as well. If people just want to come in and receive Reiki healing, um, I do that, you know, healing work in that way. And I really to do operate from a place of that when you are ready, Reiki will appear, appear into your life. And you could just equate mm. that to all healing, you know, mm-hmm. like when you are ready for that, the healing will totally. appear into your life. Um, and essentially like we are always worthy of receiving healing. It's not saying that like, oh, like you have to be ready to receive healing. No, it just means that like a certain type of healing. Right. So like, you know, um, we kind of were talking a little bit about exposure therapy um, prior mm-hmm. to getting on this call of, you know, we can do the healing work, but maybe we need to be exposed to something to actually really integrate the healing work and get to that next level in our healing. Um, I know for a fact that on my healing journey, I wasn't ready for, for Reiki healing until I was, you know, like when I, when I got to that level of on my journey, cause it's essentially, it's like a stairway, right? You take the first step mm. up the stairs and you, you're healing at the first step. Then this healed version of you emerges and you're ready to take the next step up. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I feel like where Reiki came into my life, where I was doing the work and I was elevating to that place where I was ready to receive that next level healing. And Mm -hmm. I, I always, I always call Reiki next level healing because it really is. It really is peeling back those layers, burning up, what no longer serves you opening those wounds to be healed. And maybe I wasn't ready for those wounds to be opened yet. And that's, it's so funny that you bring that up because I think certainly in my experience, even I was drawn to this work originally um, from a place of being an occupational therapist and working in the breast cancer and GYN cancer space, but then also in my own body that I was experiencing some pelvic pain. And when I was seeing the first few um, physical therapists that I saw at the time, I was very much like, let's get this fixed, like go in there do what you have to do kind of thing. If I was actually, you know, reflecting back two or three years later, it's like my, I wasn't able to be with my body in that time because I really didn't feel safe in that space. So anything that was being done to me was really being done to me. Right. And I'm sort of looking to this other person to fix me Mm. when what this sort of, um, which again, it sounds like what you're saying with Reiki is like this sort of more feminine approach is you really have to be able to stay with your body. So, um, you know, sometimes with a client, we may not be doing any internal assessment that first time because this is not like a 
forcing into or like one and done or muscling our way into this. And that can be really frustrating because that's sort of this operating system that we've all been on. It's like yes. we achieve things, we set our eye on something and we want it. And that's again, a beautiful part of ourselves, but this is a much softer way of engaging with our body. And so with a woman, for instance, who may be experiencing like, um, let's say pelvic pain, it may be that starting up at the breast space or starting up at the, the throat or even the jaw is going to be where we start, not because we need the body to like muscle and sort of steal itself to like really heal. Like it's not like sort of like a LFG situation where we're like, we're going to do this. We're going right. to heal. It's like a much more of a softening and an opening and really honoring the body's pace. And the truth is, is that the body's pace is often much slower than our brain's in our mind space. Mm -hmm. So honoring like really, okay, am I really able to be with my body? There's no, there's nothing to achieve in this journey, right? It's mm -hmm. like the, the, the deepening of relationship and, and all of that. So I think, um, yeah, to anyone who is listening and is sort of wondering like, like, what am I ready for? It's like, all we have to do is ask your body and then mm -hmm or get you to a place where you can listen to your body and we and we go from there um yeah and I think we live in the society right now where we crave instant gratification mm -hmm. um and then also to like even tapping into your body too it's like I think there's a sense of I just want to feel better I just want to mm -hmm. feel good so there could be like this sense of urgency of Absolutely. I want to feel differently and I want to feel better. Um, but it's then, it's then honoring the experience of, you know, I need to experience healing. Yeah. And like also understanding that, um, I think we sometimes sort of create this boundary between like, this is a good thing. And this is a bad thing. And like, when I'm happy, I'm feeling good. And when I'm sad and crying, that's a bad thing. But when we start to understand that as a human in this body, we're sort of meant to feel the whole breadth of all those emotions and that each one has something to teach us. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and yeah. so some of them are harder to sit with and some of them we may be sort of taken out and like not able to be with our bodies easier than others. But um, yeah, we're not doing it wrong if we're experiencing some of these denser emotions. It's mm -hmm. just part of this game we're all playing as a human. So literally, yeah. you know, emotions <laughs> are those messengers, you know, yeah. and it could be really, really tough to navigate through. Um, but sure. that's where it's important, you know, for us as leaders in the community, in this healing world to just make those healing tools available for people. You know, mm. uh, I think that there's this beautiful principle of, the investment, you know, that you, that it's this energetic exchange of I'm investing in myself and I'm also investing into somebody and it's worth the investment for me because I'm investing into myself. So that's mm. where like that energetic exchange of money comes in, right? Like I'm paying for this service because I'm, I'm energetically and, you know, lovingly worth mm. investing into and paying for this. And then also, you know, the same thing goes the other way where, you know, we are masters of our craft and we deserve that, you know, energetic exchange of that money for what the service that, and the healing that we're providing. 
Um, but with that said is I really, really love getting into the community and hosting workshops for people that are easily accessible, you know, whether it be location, um, financially, like, and it's like, people can really access our tools and the knowledge, um, easily for them. And that's where social media comes in and, you know, spending, we spend a lot of time investing into free content for people Mm. to receive that access to the tools and stuff. So, um, I wanted to talk more about that with you too, is like all the work that you do in the community to give people access to these tools. Yeah. So, um, I've been doing a a few workshops in the area. Um, and a lot of them are coming out of, uh, conversations that I've had with women. So earlier in the fall, I was doing a few around intimacy and pleasure after having conversations with women who were feeling a lot of numbness or disconnect or um, just sort of like confusion around uh, their sexuality and all of that. Um, most of the workshops are around these holistic pelvic care principles, which essentially are using movement, breath, mm-hmm. uh, meditation, and um in touch to as body-based practices to get into your own body. And I think, you know, sometimes I hesitate with um, like, especially having come out of the medical system where I think as an OT or as any medical professional, you sort of are on this, like a little bit of a hierarchy where you're like, I am expert and you are a patient. And I'm very much trying to shift out of that in that I am walking this path with every woman that I'm working with and I am coming around again and again to these principles. Um, this, this way of, uh, practice for me is, is like a daily devotional practice that Mm -hmm. I am. Um, it's not like a, and I've checked all the boxes off and now I'm here to tell you how to do it. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is a thing that I'm constantly, um, tinkering with in my own body. Has it enriched my life? Absolutely. Has it made me feel, um, you know, brave enough to even step out and offer these things. Absolutely. Would I have done this four or five years ago? You know, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it really isn't like a me coming as an, an expert as much as creating these circles for women to gather and to share experiences, to really be in their bodies, to get to know um, maybe things that haven't really been shed light on before. There's so much power when circles come together. It's like, I'm sure you know in your experience, but just having women come together and everyone bringing a little bit of a different facet of what it means to be in a a female body. Um, And then if people want, you know, if something comes up that they're like, I'd really like some more one-on-one support with that, then we can, um, as you're saying, there's something about investing in yourself and and having a space where you can really um, be with yourself in a way that feels safe because you're having that guidance. So, yeah. I mean, experiences are the best tools. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, something that I take extreme pride in is being vulnerable on my healing journey because mm. people want to connect with others when they feel like they can relate to you. That mm. relatability can transform lives. That vulnerability can transform lives. Like I always say, like vulnerability can save your life. Vulnerability can change your life. It's just so magical to be vulnerable with yourself and others. And then creating that group work with that is is unlike anything I've ever experienced. Like 
it's so magical like the energy is so potent it's like wild um it's beautiful and um yeah you know who would I be as a healer if I wasn't healing myself so Mm -hmm. it's so perfectly aligned to work with someone who's done the work you know it's not just about a service it's about embodiment Totally. And you and I talked about this when we first met this idea of, I wish in like graduate school that we had learned more of this body-based stuff because, um, you know, especially when I was a newer occupational therapist, I was taking so much continuing education, but everything was from like a book-based, um, place. Um, and I think that when I am looking to work with a practitioner now, I need to know that they're going to have a capacity for me. Um, to be able to move through whatever it is that I'm moving through that they're, you know, ideally not going to be triggered by things that I'm bringing in that they can really remain in their own route so that I because um, we're such connected beings that we can feel that in someone else's Mm -hmm. company, like if they're um, kind of not able to really be present, we, we can feel that. And so, again, not to put practitioners on a pedestal or demand perfection from them, but I certainly do want to work with someone that um, is able to be with me in that way. And in my experience, the only way I'm able to be with someone in that way is if I'm doing my own work. Um, And one of the things that comes up for me just as we're speaking right now too, is like this thing also that to appreciate that we're not only healing no, we're not, we're not healing to be perfect, that we're healing to, for me, like engage in my life in a fuller way. So Mm -hmm. also bringing in this element of play. And, and I feel like the last year has been such a heavy time of reflection and introspection and, you know, quote unquote, doing the work, but also recognizing that our feminine and our wild feminine really needs time to be playful too. So checking ourselves, like, are we creating space to play, creating space for pleasure and, and all that stuff. So that, um, again, it's not coming out healing from this, like, and we're going to heal, but like, exactly. this is going to be a thread that courses through our lives, hopefully for the rest of our lives. You know, it's not, uh, a checklist item again. So exactly, I love that. And, you know, again, I'm going to kind of go back into like, uh, the experience of healing is that that feeling inside of your soul that transforms as you elevate, you know, by doing the hard work and as practitioners and healers and leaders in the community, I often try to describe the work that I do is like, if you were to picture like everything that I'm healing you with, whether it be like therapy, coaching, Reiki, love, like whatever, it's coming from this heart centered place, like right here Mm. versus like my mind, you know, obviously I'm educated enough to practice. However, the work that I do comes from my soul. Like it's a very Mm. heart centered and soul led work. Mm -hmm. That's really beautiful. Yeah. It's really beautiful. And I think that's like the the most potent healing because love is the highest vibration, right? Like love Mm. is the most powerful healing. And that's, I mean, just speaking about Reiki, Reiki is unconditional love. You know, it's that energy that comes in to help to heal your life in ways that you can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. No. And again, um, I think too, as a practitioner appreciating that you are also worthy of that love, right? So, um, 
because I think sometimes we talked about this last time too, when we met, like when I was in originally an OT and you know, you're giving and you're giving and you're giving, but are you really allowing pockets in your life to receive? Mm-hmm. Um, and how all of us can take a look at that of like, are we, I think, especially as women, it, um, are we allowing ourselves to receive love? Are we allowing ourselves to receive pleasure? And, and even if we're, we, we, you know, we do this sort of little internal reflection, we're like, oh, I'm not doing that. Meeting that with love, even like, I understand why you might not be doing that. Like that makes sense why you not be doing that given everything. So um, again, it's, it's always shifting away from that fix it mentality and just offering love, offering yeah. love, offering love. I love that. And um, so I, as a licensed therapist, I've had m- so many um, different realms of expertise where I've worked. So my main mm-hmm. focus has always been children. Mm. Um, so I've done therapy with children for like seven years. Um, and then mm-hmm. prior to that, I was in child welfare. Um, and I've worked, I worked with, uh, people who had traumatic brain injuries for a year. I worked with doing therapy with the elderly for a year. So like, I've had all these different realms of therapeutic intervention. Um, and then now in the last two years, I've gravitated towards more, of holistic healing. Mm -hmm. And I find that that's where I'm really rooted in because that's the healing work that I've done, um, on myself that's worked and now I can embody it. So kind of how I opened up the space is how I feel like you embody all the work that you do. That's kind of like same Mm -hmm. thing with me is like, I've done all this holistic healing work within myself in mindset work, body work and soul work, um, and energy work. And, um, I've just exploded in my career and also my own healing journey. Like I've healed in ways that I've never imagined. And now it's like, Mm -hmm. kind of, it's showing in my life, you know, where I'm going. Um, but with all of that said, I've really, I think that life presented this beautiful course to me of how my Mm -hmm. career was supposed to go. I needed to have all these different experiences in my life personally and professionally, and work in so many different settings to really be able to put out there effectively what I need to as a healer. And um, I'm currently writing a few different books. And one of them is going to be called Raising Validated Children. And Mm. I'm going to be taking my expertise as a child therapist and really write this book on how to raise this next generation of children in a more validating way. And it's really important to to me um, because I feel like now as an adult, I'm healing through a lot of wounds that I've had from being invalidated as a child. So I can take my personal experience. And then also as a child therapist, I've worked with children. So, I mean, even just as a therapist in general, right? My clientele has been at my youngest four years old and my oldest in their eighties. So Mm -hmm. I have worked with all walks of life, all different diagnoses, all different life experiences, all different traumas, um, all different type of behavior in human nature, um, all walks of life. And I truly believe a lot of our wounds stem from invalidation, whether it was, Mm -hmm. um, ingrained in us from our experiences growing up 
or the way that we internally speak to ourselves, you know, invalidating Mm. ourselves. So it kind of led me to talk about that with you, you know, talking about how, like, you know, how often we invalidate ourselves on our healing journey um, with even just healing, like, okay, you took the first step to heal, you know, but how often are you even validating that experience and and how you're navigating through it? Yeah. And I, and I mean, first of all, that's a beautiful way that you've, um, sort of channeled your experiences into that book. I'm like, oh, I want to read that book. Oh, I can't wait, girl. Uh, Yeah. It's exciting. So exciting. I think, um, you know, I often think about how often I'm looking towards external validation. And again, how that's sort of like the old programming in terms of, I find that as I do some of this body-based work where, again, for me, whether that looks like breast massage or internal massage or um, sort of non-linear movement or um, some of the holistic pelvic care meditations that the external validation holds less and less weight because I'm able to provide myself with this inner sort of like capital K knowing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that even how our culture sort of orients us to look for that external validation, that when we do some of these body-based practices, we start to kind of own our own validation. And I, and I guess I, what I also wanted to add to what you said is that some of that self-talk can be so powerful. Um, and I've have found in my experience that there have been times when it feels like a little bit forced and I know people say things like fake it till you make it or all of that. But I honestly find that when I spend more time from my bo- with my body, it's really coming from a place of like, no, like you are beautiful. Oh. I love you. And it's, it's not just my mind saying it. It's my body actually feeling it because I've just given her my attention. Yeah. And I, I believe that attention is energy and energy is love and all of that. So mm-hmm. when we talk about this idea of like self-love, um, it can be so abstract, but for me, it's really just like, what am I giving my attention to? If I'm allowing myself, for instance, we were talking earlier about time. Mm-hmm. If I'm allowing myself more time and I'm not rushing myself and I'm sort of um, like giving myself that time is an act of self-love, mm-hmm. bringing my hands to my own body. And instead of, you know, responding to a million text messages or being on um, sort of in service of other people and saying, no, this time is for me now it's almost its own internal validation, right? I don't even have to sing it from the rooftops. It's like, I'm embodying what it means to love myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also noticing when I do it and I'm like, Ooh, this feels like I'm doing something wrong. Like, should I be taking this much time for myself? And it's like, okay. So I, I see that kind of story in that programming and I understand why that's there. Mm-hmm. You're not scaring me. I'm still here. You know? Mm-hmm. So for me, that's, um, if we could teach kids, or I was saying this to a friend the other day, like if I had learned this material in high school, even, which is later than you're talking about, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like my relationship with my body and my sexuality would be so changed. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. I think prevention work is the most important mm -hmm. work that we can do. Um, and that's where like teaching these, these kids like skills that they can take for, cause I think like, you know, talk about reprogramming, you know, but programming ourselves, like, And that's why I always really struggled doing therapy with teenagers because you have already been programmed to, Mm. and it's not like you can't reprogram your mind, body, soul to, you know, act in certain ways, heal in certain ways. Um, 
reset in certain ways, you know, it's absolutely possible, but it, it's, it's a lot of work for ourselves mm. as humans to con- reprogram. I mean, think about your, we're always on a healing journey. The healing journey never ends. Um, and however, your lifestyle can drastically shift if you are knowledgeable of certain things earlier in life. So of course, you know, um, adult life, you know, things that we deal with in our adult lives, I should say, like high school, absolutely too. And then even the things that we deal with in high school, children, you know, Mm -hmm. integrating that into yourself as a child, you know, every step of the way, it's like, practicing that prevention work, but we often don't, um, we don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. we only know what we know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, we only Mm -hmm. know what we know at that time. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think this is just an indication for everybody to like, just open yourselves up to constantly learning. Mm. Yeah. And like, it's funny as you're speaking, like, wouldn't it be amazing too, if we don't even look at it as like prevention, because that's still, um, putting a focus on the bad, right? We're like, we're trying yeah. to prevent this bad thing from happening, mm-hmm. but it's just like ways to, I mean, the, the word thrive gets thrown around a lot, but like to really yeah. be like in our full human body. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that was just like the norm because that's sort of like what we deserve, what we're worth, what, what mm-hmm. best serves us. So, um, again, when we talk about like, are we turning towards the wound or sort of towards what we want in the light, like, seeing it as like, we're doing these things not to prevent the bad things, but because the good things that we want are totally, we are capable um, of living fully. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so wonderful to just, um, you know, put this information out there for people to really listen to and process. And, you know, my hope is that people will listen to this and just have a whole new perspective and, um, experience on their healing journey and for future generations, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I love that so much. Yeah. I know it is sometimes very humbling when you think like, Oh, like future generations, we're just like one little piece in this puzzle right now. And it (laughs) takes some of the pressure off too, because I'm like, we're doing the best we can and we're going to move the dial a little bit and then, you know, let people carry it forward. And also to respect, like when we talk about, um, this idea of like lineage or that like there's been women before us who have done a ton of work so that we can be here and so honoring that and Mm -hmm. um yeah it's all moving in the right direction I I believe I know there's a lot of messiness but I think there's a lot of hope exactly and movement is movement regardless you know or Mm -hmm. no progress is ever too small you know I mean Mm -hmm. like you said think about where we started in our evolution and where we are now it's just so powerful to think about yeah um, you know, you are part of that movement of, yeah. of really allowing women to feel safe and, and healing. Thank you. Yeah. You, I mean, you too. I think it's, it is kind of, um, stirs up something and you're like, wow, like we are all part of that. And that's pretty awesome to be. Um, and even for anyone listening, if they're listening, they're part of that too. Right. Cause you're exactly. taking time to participate and Mm-hmm. further the conversation so exactly and uh it kind of brings me to something that we talked about um and when we were having our conversation when we met for coffee you know uh several weeks ago I was like wait like our organic 
friendship conversation is so mm. amazing. I have to take notes on our conversation. <laughs> you ever have such an, a wonderful conversation with someone, you just want to bottle it up and savor it forever. Yeah. That's how I felt. So while I was like, let me take some notes. And, you know, like, and one thing that we were talking about was how like every person that we connect to mm. helps to facilitate our mission. And that's a statement that I wrote down and I just want to bring it forward now talking about um, what we're talking about, because it's like, you know, we just have been following our gut here with our life. You know, we, we were in these careers based on uh, where, you know, what we graduated in in college. And then we really started to see what's working, what's not working, what's flowing and what doesn't, you know, feel um, right. What's being forceful in our lives. And we totally transitioned our careers which our careers have a solid foundation where we are now, obviously, Um, you know, but we totally shifted in the way that it really felt natural to us and and, in this holistic healing realm. And it's just so powerful to see how um, in the right, perfect timing of our lives and how we shifted that within ourselves, we both now are connecting in this beautiful flow state of holistic healing, um, professions and just putting out this knowledge to help other women heal. Totally. And yeah, I mean, I think that's one been one of the things that has been such a um, unexpected lesson is that when we come from this place of like, I need to do it all on my own or um, like, it's all up to me. One, I mean, talk about putting a load on your pelvic bowl, like <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a lot of weight to carry. Um, but it's also, it's so much richer when, you know, you meet other practitioners that are sort of working at another spoke of the wheel. And so, you know, um, I am always so encouraged when I meet like-minded practitioners who are asking some of the same questions and coming at it from like a little bit of a different way, but that kind of coming from the same heart. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that our, our healing is so multifaceted and it isn't, um, again, if we're seeing it as not a thing to fix us, but to get to know ourselves better, which mm-hmm. I think are one of our biggest tasks on in this life is to really get to know our ourselves so that we can then. Um, Cause we are, our, we already are enough. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's nothing that we're trying to create. It's just almost like peeling off the layers as you're saying, or getting to yes. sort of uncover that, that blueprint that we were born with. Exactly. Um, the negative. Yeah. Conditioning. Yeah, um, exactly. And I think that every practitioner that you meet is going to play a little, and every person you meet, not just in the, in the healing space, but every person you meet is going to play some role in bringing you closer to yourself if you look at it in the right way. Even the things that even feel like rejection or the things that feel like, oh, this I don't connect with this person. Like that is its own also reflection point for you to look at like, huh, like what is this stirring up in me or mm-hmm. why doesn't this align? So when you look at it that way, then to bring practitioners together who are kind of um, like-minded and even, you know, you could argue those who are not like-minded have their own space and people's journey as well mm-hmm. um, becomes just such like a natural part of all of this that it's like, and this is kind of the feminine way too, right? Like you and I are not competitors. We are working towards the same goal, goal and yeah. And we're richer by knowing each other. We're richer by collaborating. We're richer by 
interweaving our perspectives. Exactly. Because your life experience has taught you so many wonderful things that I maybe not, ha- I haven't experienced and, and likewise, vice versa, yeah. you know, so mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's so wonderful, like, uh, to yeah, connect with like-minded, like soul led, mm-hmm. you know, w- women and have completely different things to share. Yeah. I love that. And learn from each other, you know? So all have I, to learn. yeah, it's so, so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Erica, for collaborating with me on this podcast. It was such a pleasure and I could talk to you for hours about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that people listening probably feel the same way about you that you just have mm-hmm. so much wonderful knowledge to share. And, um, with that said, where can people find you to seek you out and connect with you more? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, on Instagram, I am Erica Rodas underscore. So E-R-I-C-A-R-O-D-A-S underscore. Um, my website is ericarodas.com for virtual stuff. And then for any more um, OT or manual one-on-one work, I'm in the uh, space in Wappingers Falls and that's rubiaot.com. So kind of have two different arms there. Um, but yeah, I, I really love questions and I love, again, hearing how this stuff lands for women within their own experiences. So please reach out with anything. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Erica. It was such a pleasure to yeah. connect with you. Thank you, Katie.